0: Praise Lord, for Thy great plan That we Thy dwelling place may be
1: Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Witness Lee. Witness Lee was captured by the Lord Jesus as a young man of 19 in his native China. He consecrated his life to preach the gospel and later labored side-by-side with Watchman Nee for parts of three decades before eventually bringing this ministry to the West in 1962. He spent the next 35 years speaking to Christians in North America and all over the world before going to be with the Lord in 1997. The life study of the Bible is his most significant contribution to the heritage of biblical exposition and we're delighted to be able to bring you short portions of his spoken ministry today. If you have questions or comments or would like to find other Christians in your area enjoying this same ministry, just email us, radio at lsm.org. Again, that's radio at lsm.org. Here's today's program. In this universe, there are only two sources. God is one source and his enemy, Satan, is the other. Most often, we find ourselves somewhere in between these two sources and usually not conscious of being under the influence of either one. We may think that we're basically neutral, doing our best to do good, but occasionally slipping into sin. But in fact, there is no neutral. Everything we do, everything we think, say, or even feel has its origin in one or the other of these two universal sources. To be free, not just from sins, but from the very source of sin— is the focus of the offerings presented to us in Leviticus, especially when we see the spiritual application of these offerings that are developed in the pages of the New Testament. Francis Ball has joined us again today as we look at the sin offering in the Life Study of Leviticus. Francis, welcome back to the program.
2: Thank you very much, Chris. Always glad to be here.
1: Today, Francis, we come to our final of three programs on the sin offering. But as we began to see to really have a full appreciation of Christ as the reality of the sin offering, we need our view and our understanding of sin really brought into the view of sin that's presented in the pages of the Bible. The New Testament, particularly books like Romans, present the matter of sin in a far more meaningful manner than just as the aggregation of all of the sinful deeds or wrong things that we do. Review for us regarding sin as it is personified in the New Testament.
2: I think it's quite interesting to reveal to us who are used to thinking that sin is just something that we do. Right. But I think the book of Romans and other New Testament books also make it very clear that sin is something personified, something that is a person. Sin is really Satan. And how do we know this? Well, because sin can kill us. Mm Mm-hmm. Sin can deceive us and many other things that sin is able to do by dwelling in us. The fact that he dwells in us proves that sin is personified. Mm -hmm. Sin is Satan himself. If we realize the origin of sin and how sin came into the world, then we would be more clear to understand that sin is really a living person, Satan himself. In uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 12, it says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, and through sin death, thus death passed on all men, because all have sinned. That means simply that sin came into the world. But where it came from also indicates that this sin is a person. This came from God's creation, and one of His creatures rebelled against Him. And that rebellion was a power struggle, Satan against God. So that's the source of sin. Therefore, sin is really a person. Personified sin is Satan himself.
1: The analogy came up, Francis, of the young child who has rebelled or sinned by getting into something that his mother specifically told him not to, let's say uh, a poisonous compound under the sink. Uh, Of course, there's the problem of rebellion. The act was certainly sinful, but the more serious matter is that which this child has taken into him, has ingested, and that's really a good picture of what happened when man took on this sin nature that uh, you're describing, isn't it?
2: Yes, that really is a good example because what gets into them is what really does the damage, not just the thing that he did. Of course, when a child does that, he's disobeyed, right? but that's not the real concern of the parent by then. It's what's in him that he's concerned, and that's what God is concerned with in us.
1: Well, today we want to see that basically, according to the Bible, there are five elements or five components of sin. We will see the flesh and sin, Satan, the world, and then the struggle for power or the ambition for power that you alluded to a moment ago. All of these things combined form this aggregate component that we call sin. Let's join Witness Lee.
0: In the New Testament, sin is a personified matter. In this universe, there are two sources. One is God, and the other is God's not only enemy, but adversary. And this is the right meaning of the word Satan. Satan, at the beginning, at the time When he got into the struggle for power, Isaiah 14 tells us this. When he tempted the Lord Jesus, he tempted the Lord Jesus in this way. So, the whole universe today is a matter of power struggle between Satan and God. Now, all the world follows Satan and becomes a part of the evil struggle. So under Satan today, the entire world, the humankind, just a matter of power struggle. Even in cooperation, you are hunting for promotion. That is a little part of the power struggle. You are a dean of his school. You struggle. You like to be the principal. What is that? That is a little part of the power struggle in this universe. Look, in today's treason everywhere is power struggle. What is this? This is one of the five items added together and the aggregate is sin. What are the five items added together to have an aggregate, the sin? Number one, flesh. Number two, sin. Number three, Satan. Number four, the world. Number five, the prince of the world. Every human being like to be prince. The prince of the world signifies what? Struggle for power.
1: Francis, we're seeing that sin is more of a problem than just the evil or wrong things that we do. It's the aggregate, really, of these five things, the flesh, sin, Satan, the world. And uh, we really focused on this last one in this section, the struggle for power that's typified by the prince here that uh, is seeking for more power. Some of these things are harder, I think, for us to identify as being sin than others. The example that he used of the struggle for power very much falls into this category. Most of us, in one way or another, if we're honest, are caught up in this struggle for power ourselves, or at least we're surrounded by it in our jobs or at school or maybe even at home in our marriage. But this struggle for power is really indicative of something that has come from the wrong source, isn't it?
2: It's certainly true. And this whole uh, universe today, as Brother Lee pointed out, is a matter of this power struggle. And I really have to admit, I never saw this as uh, the real function of this indwelling sin that's in us, always creating a power struggle against God. We experience this, I think, nearly all the time. Even if I'm trying to uh, coordinate with you in the radio broadcast, Mm -hmm. there's the desire to do it better than others. Uh, this is always a kind of a thing that's inside man, always seeking to be above others. And this is really where sin came from. Right, Lucifer was struggling with God. Lucifer was created by God, but he was struggling with God. He wanted to be like God. He wanted to exalt his throne above the Most High. This is a power struggle, and this got into mankind. When Satan got into man, this power struggle began operating. And we see this happening all the time. Many times we just tell the Lord, Lord, just this one time, I won't do it anymore. No, this is just seeking to exercise our power to get something for ourself. Self is at the source of this. And of course, power struggle with self is two of those three items you mentioned that constitute sin. Right. So uh, I have to admit, and I think all of us Even though we're believers in the Lord Jesus, we still carry on a power struggle to be something for ourselves.
1: This light is really exposing. As you were talking, Francis, I couldn't help but think back to, oh, the other day my wife and I were driving along on the freeway, and she turned to me and gave me this quizzical look, and she said, and I thought I was driving quite properly, to be honest, and she said, what is it that happens to a man when he gets behind the wheel of a car? It's as if that freeway turns into uh, an Indianapolis uh, 500 speedway. There's just something that is competitive, and uh, and here I thought I was driving so carefully, but she was noticing things that I had to be uh, honest admit were there and uh, I wasn't even aware of. There is just this inherent aspect in man, and we pretty much dismiss it, but it's really indicative of the fall, isn't it?
2: It certainly is.
1: Francis, let's go further now. We want to look once again at the cycle of spiritual experience that's depicted by these offerings. The sequence that they are given to us in Leviticus is very meaningful. First, we have the burnt offering, then the meal offering, third, the peace offering, and finally, the sin offering and trespass offering. Let's go back to Witness Lee.
0: Go to pray and to take the Lord Jesus as the very one who is absolute for God, as your burnt offering. You enjoy him. Then this will lead you to take him as your life supply. That is the meal offering. And this meal offering, which is Christ himself in his humanity, becomes your daily food. You just enjoy him to such an extent you feel you have peace with God even you have peace with yourself and with everyone right away you are in the light and the light shines over you and from within you, around you then you realize my, you have sinned and you are sin. now you are in 1st John chapter 1 God is light if we have our fellowship with him, we must walk in the light as he is the light. Then we would realize we have something which is termed sin. When we read First John chapter 1, oh, we just considered that little word as an so small, small thing. But it is not so small. It's God's enemy. It's Satan itself, sin. That's our flesh. It's not so small. That involves the power struggle between Satan and God, compressing us. We are involved with that power struggle. Why we are not so absolute for God? Because there is something within you for yourself instead of for God. This is the struggle. When you go to a department store, you saw a piece of clothes or whatsoever, right away, a struggle within you. You like it. But something within you say, I don't like it. Yet you say, Lord, just give me permission to do this once for all. It sounds very nice, a kind of begging. That begging implies a struggling the Lord says, I would not give you half chance to do it. Get back home. What was there? Struggling. There's a flash there. The little Satan is hiding in that struggle. Only you yourself know how much day after day you are in a struggle with God. God wants you absolutely for him. But, you say, would not I be okay as long as I am for God 80% and sometimes you Christians your spouse that he or she is not so much for God who is absolute for God who can see this so we need Christ as the burnt offering only he is thousand person million person for God And I do believe, humanly speaking, every cell within him was for God. So we need him.
1: Francis, I think very often we find ourselves in exactly the situation he described here. Uh, Seemingly, in our eyes, we have not done anything wrong, nothing that we would consider sinful. But inwardly, there is this very subtle struggle going on with God over some matter, maybe even some material thing, as he pointed out, that maybe our heart has latched onto. We realize that there is very little in us that's actually absolute for God. We need a sin offering here, don't we?
2: We certainly need a sin offering, and we need him as all the offerings. A person may think, well, when I become a Christian, I'm going to be out and out. I'll be altogether for God. Right. That determination is uh, seemingly very good, but actually it's just sin because we are not absolute for God. We're absolute for ourselves. We need a sin offering, and we need a burnt offering. One that is absolute for God needs to be our offering, and that's Christ. But because when we receive Him as a burnt offering and we enjoy Him as a burnt offering, then we uh, begin to enjoy Him as our food in the meal offering. And I was really surprised and happy to see the order of these offerings. Because when you receive Christ as the burnt offering, that means here is one that's absolute for God in your behalf. And then you can enjoy Him as the meal offering in His human living, which is available to us now because He is living in us. And then you have peace. But in that kind of fellowship, the light comes on. And you realize God is light. And that light shines on you, and you realize that you are sinful, that you're just for yourself, and you just want what will be good for me. Then we realize This is really bad. The good things I do still turn out to be sin because they're for self and not absolute for God. So that's when I need a sin offering. Now, I confess, I always thought that you experience the offerings, first of all, the trespass offering to get you forgiven, the sin offering to deal with what sin you have, and then you begin to have peace with God. But now I see, really, we need Christ as our burnt offering and enjoy Him as the meal offering. And then we have peace with God. And in that peaceful situation with God, the light comes on and we see how sinful we are. Everything we do nearly is sin, good or bad. It's still sin. So we need a sin offering always to cleanse us from all our sins, like in 1 John. It says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, this is only possible by having Christ as our sin offering.
1: Mm. This sequence, as you said, in the cycle that is indicated by this sequence, you brought up First John, we've enjoyed that a lot, looking at the, particularly the sin offering. It's too wonderful how this uh, enjoyment of Christ is the only one absolute for God. And then the further enjoyment of him as the meal offering with his fine, perfect, and balanced humanity brings us peace. But that also brings more of God's shining light. Right. And then we're more aware than ever of our need of Him as our offering. That's right. Here's Witness Lee once again.
0: Even many Christians don't know in this universe there is such a term, the law of sin and death. The law of sin is just spontaneous power, strength, energy to struggle with God. That is the law of sin. Within you, something hidden, something yet living, very active, all the time, crouching there, watching over you. So Paul found out in Romans 7 that within him, not only the sin dwells in his flesh, but also there is a kind of natural strength, natural power, natural energy to resist whatever he is for God. So eventually he said, how wretched I am. We all are wretched. This is the deeper meaning of sin, the law of sin. Too many times this crouching law defeated us. You think you hate people. That is evil in the eyes of God. Then you think you love people, and that is acceptable in God's eyes. But I tell you, no. Ethically, you love people that's right. You hate people that's wrong, ethically. But, (laughs) in the eyes of God, you hate people for yourself, not for God. You love people also for yourself. Could you see? From this point of view, you could see to love people is the same kind of being sinful as to hate people. As long as anything that's for yourself in the eyes of God, you are sinful. God created you with a purpose that you may be his expression and that you may be his representative. He didn't create you in any way for yourself. But now you live independent from him. This is altogether not from your spirit. To hate people, it is from your flesh. And to love people, it's also from your flesh. And both to hate and to love people are out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't think just to do evil things, you are of Satan, but not to do good. You have to realize, as long as you do something, you do anything out of yourself, even good things, moral things, loving others, in the eyes of God, that is altogether for yourself. As long as it is for yourself, that is sin.
1: Francis, this is a big point that Paul spent much time on in the book of Romans, and that is the law of sin and death that resides in us, in all of us, really, in our flesh. What kind of law is this, and what's the solution for this kind of law that operates in us?
2: <laughs> yeah, it really doesn't matter whether it's good or bad, as long as it's from ourself. So I think this is a big, big point to see that the good that we do is simply from ourself, not from our spirit then it's the same as the bad that we do. Because He is not condoning or not allowing, I would say, for His pleasure, just what comes out of ourselves, but what will come out of our spirit. That means that there is a law operating in us. And I don't mean here the law like the Ten Commandments, but there is a scientific, innate law operating in us, the law of sin and of death. And that law operates spontaneously, and it is set in force any time we want to do good. Paul says, when I would do good, evil was present with me. There is a law of sin operating in me spontaneously all the time. The solution is really that there is another law, a law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that frees me from the law of sin and death. So to be freed from this law is only by another law a higher law. When the law of my mind causes me to want to do good, that's just the law that's in me as a human being. But the law of sin is stronger, so it always overpowers that. But the law of the Spirit is more powerful and overpowers that. So the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus is the way to be delivered from the law of sin and of death. For this kind of victory, we need Christ as our sin offering as well as our burnt offering, our meal offering, our peace offering, and also He is our sin offering for every failure. And in this way, He Himself becomes a law in us, the law of the Spirit, which frees us from the law of sin and of death. The solution for this operating of the law of sin in us is by the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So we have Christ as our sin offering, And we also have the law of the spirit of life in us that delivers us from the law of sin and of death.
1: Francis, that's a good point to end on. The actual point or focus of all of these offerings is to bring us back to the experience and enjoyment of Christ, which is what releases this higher law, isn't it? The law of the spirit of life. Right. So these offerings are not just uh, for us to be intrigued or... Educated as to the deeper, hidden meanings of these Old Testament things, but really it's to bring us to the enjoyment and experience of life in Christ, the freeing law that you talked about.
2: That's what we're after.
1: It surely is. We invite you to contact us with your questions, your comments, or to find out about the printed material that we offer here at Living Stream Ministry. Our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. For Francis Ball today, I'm Chris Wild. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee ministered the Word of God for over seven decades. Many consider these life studies as his seminal work, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Spirit. If you'd like to find out more about Witness Lee, these life study messages are or any of the materials provided by Living Stream Ministry, please visit our website, lsm.org. That's lsm.org. You can also email us, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. Thanks for listening today.